You're listening to the Travel Geniuses Podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 48, and if you're ready to change the way you run your business, this episode will provide all the inspiration you need. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. I'm really, really excited about this episode. Um, In this episode, I'm talking to Elizabeth from Souvenir and Far. She runs her agency much differently than I would bet most, if not all of you do. And it's such a needed um, dose of reality for some of you who think there's only one way to do it and it won't work if you do it another way. Uh, she, I've been wanting to have her on for a long time and she didn't think it was the right time. And after listening to one of my recent episodes, she was like, okay, I'm ready. Other agents need to hear this. She was really, really generous with her ideas and insight into why she does what she does and what she does. So I hope you get a lot out of it. Please stick around after the interview because I will have some takeaways for you. And um, yeah, it's just really good. So let's get right to it. So, oh my gosh, I am so excited to talk to you though today. I'm so excited. I am too. There's so much I want to talk about. So, okay. Well, do you want me to run through why I started my business and what my thinking was behind it? Yes, because I think I'm guessing that you didn't start as a traditional travel agent or didn't, no. I don't know, your, your business is so different than what everybody else does. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing you had a really unconventional way of starting out. So I yeah. want to hear so, that story. Yeah, sure, sure. So I'll run you through kind of my thinking. Well, I, you know, just my background, everybody knows me as the travel girl. We're always doing crazy things. You know, I've lived all over the world. I'm married to a Frenchman and we've, you know, my family and myself, we've always just been big travelers. And so people would always come to me for travel advice and they always said, oh, you should be a travel advisor. You should be a travel agent. And so, you know, but I didn't really like, I don't know if I want to do that. And so about, I don't know, maybe four years ago, I, you know, when my kids were getting, two of my kids were getting ready to go to college, I thought, you know, okay, let me move on. What am I going to do? So I literally spent a year asking hundreds of people about travel agents. And I, you know, do you use a travel agent? And overwhelmingly it was like, oh, is there such a thing as a travel agent? I didn't know my grandma used one. So most people hadn't like thought they didn't exist anymore. But then the other people, most people said, no, I don't use a travel agent. And I asked them why. And they said, well, that's for rich people. Or they Ooh. said, oh, well, those, the uh, travel agents are salespeople and they make commissions and they, you know, they're, they're like kind of the bottom feeders. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, okay. So then the people who did answer, and, and listen, I asked everybody, my doctor, my kids, <laughs> My family, the checkout lady at the supermarket, literally for a year, any, my, my long guy, anybody, I'd be like, hey, excuse me, do you use a travel agent? If not, why? And I, so really, I mean, hundreds of people. And the 10% who said, yes, they used one, they were either very, very wealthy, uh, you know, and they were just kind of, that was ingrained in them, or they were older, or they used one once, like to book, and it was always for a cruise or an African safari. Uh, the other 10% that said, no, they don't use one. They didn't want to use one because they love DIY. They love the research. They wanted to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that leaves like 80% of the population who doesn't use a travel agent. Why not? And who are these people? And they really are the people that use Airbnb. They uh, use credit card points. 
they have kind of a middle budget and they're scared of a travel agent because they don't want to tell them their budget or they don't want to be pushed into buying something else. And of the, you know, so 80% of the population not using a travel agent, what are they doing? And it turned out they were either spending 25 hours planning a trip and, you know, on TripAdvisor, reading books, like, ugh, totally just overwhelmed with the amount of stuff out there. Or they were doing super last minute and just overspending and like, oh my gosh, I can't uh, last minute because they were so overwhelmed. Or instead they were just overwhelmed with it and then just booking the same place year after year after year after year because they Mm -hmm. didn't know what else to do. So I'm like, okay, those are my people. That's who needs help. And that's actually what I love anyway. So I'm like, that's those are the people that need my help. Then I talked to so many travel agents. And I said, what do you love about your job? What do you hate about your job? And everybody loves pretty much the same thing. But what they hated about their job was two things. Number one, the commissions, tracking commissions, tracking commissions, who pays commission, who doesn't pay commission, having all these spreadsheets and having to, you know, spend three hours chasing a $20 commission. And the whole commission paperwork thing just was like number one. (laughs) Number two was, Uh, you know, working with a client for months and months and months, tons of hours of work, and then having them either cancel at the last minute or having them call and say, oh, I I just saw exactly the same thing on Expedia for $20 less. So I just Mm -hmm. went ahead and booked it there. And I'm like, oh, no way, no way am I spending time and then not getting paid. So I said, well, you know, the bottom line here, it has to do with commissions. And the 80% of the population that I was looking at, most of the properties that they want don't really offer commissions anyway. RV trips, Airbnbs, the cute little uh, boutique hotels in Italy, or the little tour guides, all the FIT stuff doesn't pay commissions anyway. So I said, all right, I'm taking commissions completely off the table. Gone. I don't want to ever talk about commission. It also fixes the problem where people who weren't hiring a travel agent weren't doing so because, oh, they're salespeople. So, and they're biased and they're only going to recommend things that get commissioned. So I'm like, okay, commission's gone. Number two, I got to get rid of the problem of working and not getting paid. So I'm just going to charge a fee, just like an accountant, a seamstress, anybody you hire to build something for you, like your deck, you pay them to do it. Whether you, you know, like if you pay a handyman to build a deck for, you know, a back deck or a patio, you pay him for the work. Whether you sit on the deck or not is up to you. So I'm like, all right, so I'm doing, I am just going to do full flat fees. And, um, you know, that, that really just resonated with me as well, because I knew I I don't have time to just work for free. And then if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't have time for that. And my personality doesn't work well with that either with that risk. I like uh, more stability and more um, assurance. So then I developed this fee structure um, because also what people were saying about why they didn't uh, hire a travel agent, because it seemed to be like an all or nothing, like the travel agent did everything. And you didn't really have uh, control of the wheel. And so I came up with kind of four options. One is my two-hour consult, which right now is my most popular thing, where people just, you know, they say, hey, I I need you to help me find an Airbnb. Or, hey, I've narrowed it down to, you know, 10 different cruises. Which one do you think is right? Or can you help me find restaurants in Venice? Whatever it is, that's a two-hour consult. And sometimes it is face, you know, not anymore face-to-face, but it it can be on Zoom. And we Mm -hmm. sit, or literally we'll sit for an hour and we'll go through a list of problems that they have and I'll answer their questions. Or they give me a specific task and they say, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And I do it, put it in a Google Doc, send it out to them, done, two hours. 
Number second option is the kickstart where you pick a few things and that's more like a five hour package. And so after I, you know, meet with the client, I kind of figure out, oh, I, you either need a two hour console or a kickstart. Then I have the tier one and the tier two. Those are on my, all of this is on my website. On the tier, if you go on my website, you can see it. It has the mm -hmm. fees tier one, what's included in tier one and what's included in tier two. And really the difference is tier one is I'll narrow everything down, give you all your choices, but then you make your own bookings. Tier two is all of that, plus a lot of other crazy things, and I do all your bookings for you. People love that because they have four choices, and if they're on a tight budget, you know, $150 for a two-hour consult fits them well. If they, you know, it's a complicated trip and they're really nervous, I can do tier two. I, they like being in control of what they hire me to do, that mm -hmm. I'm not saying, you know, it's not all or nothing that they can pick and choose. And most people who hire me for a two hour consult end up then saying, Hey, can we move this on to a kickstart? Or they move on up to a tier one. Cause they there's, you're scared to commit to like a tier one. That's a thousand dollars until you see what I do. So yeah. I will say though, Christy, the downside, if you will see it as a downside is that bottom line is I do make a lot less money than a travel agent. And that that people are, you know, kind of back away from that because, you know, like if what I, the money that I make, because I don't accept the commissions, I, I, I I'm going to go into the commissions in a bit because now that I'm with Largay, there are commissions and what I'm doing with those commissions, but because I don't make commission and just the flat fee, I make less than a, than a yeah. conventional travel agent, but what I make is stable and reliable and guaranteed. I am never left with, oh my gosh, I planned a whole trip and, and I, got no, I have nothing to show for it. But when it comes to situations where I have to make decisions, I feel like I can give more unbiased advice and unbiased opinions. And let me give you like the perfect example. During, uh, at the very beginning of COVID, when um, I have a couple of colleagues who were planning trips for their clients to Japan for the Olympics, as was I. And with my clients, they pay me a flat fee to plan their trip. So when they called me and said, hey, what should we do? Should we cancel? And I know them well, and I know their situation. Uh, their son has asthma, actually. And I said, yeah, you absolutely have to cancel. And there was no hesitation. I didn't have to think about the commission I would lose if they canceled, because they had already paid me the flat fee. Whereas my colleagues were panicking because they were going to lose these huge, you know, $10,000 commissions, $20,000 commissions, and they had nothing to show for it with months and months of work. But because I don't work for commission, I never have to worry about that. I only worry about what is best for my client, what suits them and what works for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's actually a really hard, um, like a hard sort of problem. Not, it's not really a problem, but it's, it's a hard thing to find a solution for. Cause as you were starting to tell me about the fact that you make less because you don't get the commissions, my plan, I was planning to say something like, you know, I bet you can find a solution to that where you can just have commission and be fee-based like a lot of agents are, but it still puts you in that position in a case like this where, okay, you're not losing all of it, but if you still had another $10,000 to lose, it's really hard to be objective and put that out of your mind. So even if you are, because I know if it's not clear to everybody listening that you do not take your commissions and we'll talk about what your agreement is and what you do with that right. um, later, but, but it, it, it is hard to um, 
if you're getting those commissions, it's hard to forget that it's there if a client cancels still, or if you're in a position where you're having to advise them and you know what you tell them could mean the difference. It's a $10,000 difference that you could be affecting. So, yep. And so uh, I have made a very blanket black and white decision that I do not accept commissions and there's no exception. There's no like, well, I will on this one, but I won't Mm -hmm. on that one. Because then my client never knows like, well, is she, I don't know, is she, is she, is she not? And so for, for me, it is black and white, no commissions. And mm-hmm. what I, um, I was independent up until uh, March, right before COVID hit, I decided I really needed a host. And so a uh, huge shout out to my host who's Largay Travel. If you don't mind, I give a little shout out to <laughs> no, them. That's perfect. I, joined, I literally joined as, I think it was like March 1st or, or the very end of February. Wow was starting to break. And, um, I, I drove up to Connecticut. I met them, I discussed with them and I joined them and now they, you know, they get a portion of commission. So I do feel like it's a, it's a little bit of a complicated relationship there, but what we decided or what I decided and they, they understood is that on the properties that I book that do pay commission, I will fill out the invoice and I will send it in. Uh, the commission that comes in for me goes directly to a special bank account that I've created that goes to Doctors Without Borders. So oh. I, it, I don't know how much it is. Was it $500? Was it $1,000? I don't ever want to see that money because I, I fear that if I see it, it'll get tempting. So yes. my account has that. It's a, it's a special account that Largay sends my portion of the commissions to. And my accountant then every six months will go through it and send a check off to Doctors Without Borders see you later. I don't want to, I don't even want to know about it. Largue will keep their percentage though, because you know, mm-hmm. we have a percentage split and that is absolutely fine with me. Yeah. Because that helps them that, you know, that pays for a lot of am- amazing things that Largue gives me. So that to me, that feels very right. That's mm-hmm. the way I want to do my business, but I'm not saying that everybody has to do it that way. I think it, for most people, it would work out better to do a fee and commissions. Yeah. And then you're going to make really good money. I just don't feel it works for my clients and my reputation. Everybody talks about the fact that, oh, well, she doesn't accept commission. She's totally unbiased. Mm-hmm. So I can't go and flip my business now. Yeah. And I don't want to. I like the way I work. It feels right for me, but it may not, it may, it, it's going to be too extreme for most people. And I understand that. And I respect that. It's a big, it's definitely a big shift. And, um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I don't know if you heard the episode I did recently where I talked all about why, Oh, I think you did. Um, why I think agents really need to kind of reinvent themselves now. Um, and there have been a lot of people pushing agents to charge fees, but like me, it's been a lot of you should. And you know, if you don't, that's okay. That's your choice. And I just decided after COVID, like, I can't keep doing that. I'm it's a disservice to travel agents to act like it's still okay to be commission only. Um, but I love that you, there's so much about what you've said already that I love. First of all, that you talk to so many people and ask so many questions because that's something that I teach a lot. And I hear a lot of, um, marketing experts tell people to do in all industries, but nobody wants to do it. I don't know why we're so afraid to ask people questions. Um, but you just straight up ask people, do you use a travel agent? If not, why not? Um, and you got such good information. So that was the first thing that I love about your story and what you did, but also that you didn't just, when you talked to travel agents and heard how they work and what they're 
things that they didn't like about the industry were, or even talking to travelers about why they don't use travel agents. You didn't just think, oh, you know, that's too bad or it stinks that that's a reality I'm going to have to deal with. You thought, okay, how can I make this work? How can I design something that appeals to travelers and makes them want to use a travel agent? And how can I design a business that works for me and gets rid of this huge headache that every other travel agent has to deal with, which is the commissions. And um, yeah, I just, I love all of that about your story. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that with agents listening to my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. And I look forward to the changes. I know COVID has been so difficult mm-hmm. for travel agents who have lost so many commissions, but I do feel that it's, you know, times like, like COVID that really shake an industry up and it's going to make us all better because anybody who wasn't charging a fee and lost so many bookings, now they realize, you know what? I am valuable and I should charge a fee. And I can also tell you every client out there or every people who didn't use a travel agent, they're going to use travel advisors now. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you what, they're not, they're scared. I mean, I have people call me who want me to help them go to the next state. Like, oh my gosh, we're thinking of going to Pennsylvania. Can you help us? I mean, people are scared and, and they know that we can offer them you know, reassurance that we, that we know what we're doing. So I think, I mean, COVID has been awful, but it's also going to be incredible Mm -hmm. for our industry. It's going to show people our value. It's going to show people our worth. And let me tell you, if you make it through COVID as a travel advisor, you have some serious stories to tell and you've got some scars and you have earned your place in this industry. That's how I feel. (laughs) And I I have very conflicting feelings. Like I see, how people are hurting, especially in the travel industry. And I hear so many stories of agents who are talking about closing their agencies and moving on and leaving the travel industry. But on the other hand, I'm so excited about what's going to come out of this and how I think agents are going to come out of this more empowered and feeling like they really own their business and are business people versus just order takers and kind of at the mercy of suppliers. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about what's to come too. I do. I hope that a lot of them feel like rock stars too for getting their clients yes. you know, refunds, saving their clients time and money and dealing with an emergency. And I, I don't want to overplay it, but I, you know, I know I personally felt almost like a doctor in an emergency room sometimes trying to save things. And I know that's, you know, an exaggeration, but I hope that travel advisors, once, you know, the dust has settled and we're, you know, moving forward, they, they pat themselves on the back and say, dang it, I made it through that. And I yeah. helped people. I showed my value and I, you know, I have something worthwhile to offer. So yeah, no, I, it's definitely been an experience, but <laughs> I'm excited. I know about- the experience has been awful for, for most people and I don't want to, you know, gloss it over, mm-hmm. but, um, there have been some really interesting game changers that, that will be, it'll be worth it once it's, we make it through. Yep. Um, so just a couple of questions about how you've set up your business still, um, so you only take commission and you donate, or sorry, you only take fees. That's your only income. And the commission you do get goes to Doctors Without Borders. And I'm assuming you have your account handling that. So you still get the write-offs for that at least. Correct. Um, yeah. So that's good. Um, and I love your packages because that's actually something I was thinking about today, how some travelers, maybe something that keeps them from using an agent is that they 
like the planning process um, or want to be a little more involved. And like me personally, I would hate, I want all the, like, I would actually have a travel agent book all my stuff for me, but I would want to be involved in some of the planning. But I like that you offer options that work for everyone. Um, But do you find that because you have some of those sort of starter packages, are you like, are you able to work a reasonable amount of hours a week for the income? Or do you still feel like you're like working 80 hours a week? And I definitely work a lot. I definitely probably put in about 60 hours a week, but that's part of my personality. You don't have to do that. That's just who I am. I love what I do. And I, I, I don't um, work from home. I sleep at work is what we say. <laughs> I, I love what I do. So for me, it isn't hard work. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'm not, I still make a lot of money. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm, I mean, I still make very, very good money, surprisingly good money, but I feel it's more fair. It's, it's just more, um, reliable and fair. It's not like a huge $5,000 commission here and then $20 here, but, but it was the same amount of work. So like when I work for, I I love working with college students and doing their spring breaks and, you know, they're sleeping in youth hostels. They're looking for free food. Where's the rooftop bars? (laughs) Just as much work as, you know, booking somebody, you know, a five-star, you know, trip through Italy, both of those take the same amount of work where one would pay, you know, $20,000 in commission, the other would pay none. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like balances it out. And I get to pick the clients that I want to work with because I like working with them. I love working with college kids, love it. But I, if you were making commission, you wouldn't be able to work with college kids. I'm able to work with whoever I want to because... I don't care about commissions and the college kids, by the way, their parents pay me (laughs) the fee because their parents want them to be safe and, you know, make sure someone's behind them planning their spring trips and what have you. So the college kids don't usually pay me. How do you find those college students? Do you, do they, are they your clients' kids typically or? It's usually my clients' kids and my clients' kids or my kids are in college as well. And my kids travel. And so people will see my, my college kids traveling and say, oh, I'd love for my college student to do that. And then uh, we go from there. Um, and do you, what package do they usually, like, is that the kickstart? Is that sort be, of one of your lower packages? It would be anything. Um, I've had college kids' parents hire me for a tier two. They want absolute hand-holding, okay. they want every detail done. But then also it could be just a quick... And and I like what you said about how you personally love to do your own research, but there's certain parts of your trip that you hate doing. That's what they would hire me like for a two hour consult. They're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I love doing, I love picking all my restaurants, but what I hate doing is the the train schedules and whatever. So all for for some people hire me just to do the stuff they hate and that's Mm -hmm. fine too. So it's everything. So I just have a thought for everybody listening who is interested in this idea. Um, One way to, make things a little easier probably would be if you have one of those areas that you enjoy more. It sounds to me like you like all of it, but if you enjoyed (laughs) the college kids trips more or um, enjoyed the higher end stuff more, you could just specialize in one of those. So you're not having to do that research over and over again. Um, You know where all the hostels are and which ones are your favorites and what to recommend. So when you're booking a trip for a college kid, you kind of have those favorites you can fall back on versus having to do the research every time. Um, 
So just for agents listening who are interested in this, but want to maybe work a little less. Yeah. Um, that's one way to make that work. And I know that you specialize in Europe, correct? Like Italy, France, Spain. Um, yep. Most, I mostly do. I mean, I am French. My husband's French. Oh. So I, you know, we've lived in France for a very long time. I lived in England for 10 years. So Europe is probably my number one. Then Asia, I do a lot of Japan. I loved Japan, South America. I love South America. I do a lot of South America, but Australia, I actually don't do a lot of domestic until about five months ago. And now I'm a domestic expert apparently. So I'm doing a lot of domestic, but before that, yes, Europe uh, is definitely my, my specialty. Okay. So do you, I think if I remember correctly, you go to Europe a lot and do a lot of like feet on the ground research, revisit yep. hotels that you recommend a lot. So how do you do that? Like, do you go to South America every year too? Or um, how do you keep yourself up to date? I'm kind of everywhere all the time, but like for Europe, what I did this last October I went for a month and I stayed in a different hotel every single night and literally from youth hostels to five-star resorts because my clients are all over the place. I stayed in a different place every uh, night for 30 days. I did Italy, France, Morocco, and England. And every day, I mean, I get up at the crack of dawn, I go visit every restaurant, I go visit, I visit probably 20 hotels, site visits, but I always show up unexpected. I don't want them to know I'm coming. Mm -hmm. And same with when I stay in a hotel every night, I pay, I never accept a free hotel room. So I pay and usually as I'm checking out, I ask to speak to the general manager and they're like, oh, you should have told us you were coming. I'm like, yeah, if I told you you, I was was coming, you would have put me in a suite. I don't want to stay in a suite. I want to stay where my clients are going to stay. And they always get really like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, you know, and so that way I get to have a real experience because when travel agents go and they say, oh, I'm a travel agent or they get comped, I don't think they have the real experience. Yeah. So I do that. And then I go on, tour. I mean, I literally live like a tourist. I'll go on four or five tours. I meet the tour guides. I go to different shops. I go to restaurants. You know, I'm really digging in deep to try to mm-hmm. find the right things for my clients. And I'm keeping notes because I've got very high-end clients who are looking for a certain thing. But then, you know, I've got your average Joe wants a really great vacation too, and he deserves a great vacation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to find the cute little authentic restaurant. I'm trying to find the hotel that fits, you know, the $200 a night in Italy, in Rome. That's hard to find. That's what I'm searching for. Because, you know, your five-star is easy. Your youth hostel is easy. It's kind of your middle one. So I'll stay, you know, every night at a different one until I find a few that I really like. And then, and then I can recommend them personally. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, I'll try to get to know the front desk people, things like that. That sounds really fun, but really exhausting too. So <laughs> like it's my so poor hard. husband, I've done that like one hotel every night thing with him a lot. And I, at one point made a rule, okay, I promise we'll do at least two nights in each <laughs> hotel. So we're not like, and, and in some instances, if it's like a big resort, I think it's smart to do that because you're like checkout times at 10 or 11, check-ins at four, you're not really getting the experience if you're only there the night, but um, yeah. But I'm I'm doing this by myself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this last trip in October, my best friend though from England, she's German. She came and joined me for a couple of, for like a week in Italy and she was all over it. She was my assistant. She was going and checking out places for me as well, but it's usually better to do it by yourself. So you can yeah. just move, move, move. Cause it's not, I'm not there for fun. Yeah. I'm there to do all the tours. And you know, and I, when I go to Paris, I go up the Eiffel Tower. I check every line. I talk to the security. I ask them, hey, do you have any tricks on how we can get up to the Eiffel Tower quicker, mm. which tickets? And then I'll map each way to get which metro stop, which way get to there faster. So I'm doing all those little things that will save my clients so much time. Yeah. When you get off the metro station, it could take you 20 minutes to get to the Eiffel Tower, or it could take you six, depending on if you know which way to go. And so I'm going to tell my clients, get off at this stop and walk this street and go to the right. And you're going to avoid about 20 minutes worth of people. So it's little tricks like that, that I love doing love, love, love doing for my clients. And do you have to like retest that every time you go or are some things you just like rely on your past experience? Something, most things will stay the same. I'm trying to think of what would, I mean, things are going to change now with COVID, which yeah. Um, no, it's going to be a lot of work. I know. I know. We're going to have to kind of do some different things. No, most things kind of stay the same. Like I know how far things are. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Once I've kind of done my research, it's, it's fairly well done, okay. but you know, yeah, that's not too bad then. Yeah. Um, let's jump to this year now and what has changed because Another thing I've been wanting to share with travel agents since COVID is the importance of learning about travel domestically. And there's a lot of reasons why I think agents haven't typically done that. First of all, I think there's this idea that people don't need a travel agent, but I had this aha moment recently that what's there's not much difference between going to New York and going to London as far as somebody from say Arizona is concerned. Like it's just as far away just as unknown. So I don't know why we have it in our head that people don't need a travel agent for that when they would use one for London or Sydney even. Um, But you have really done a lot of interesting things that I don't think many travel agents have would have ever, even if it was suggested to them, um, considered selling to their clients since COVID. So can we talk about your RV trips that you're doing and how you approached that? Did you go to your clients first or did somebody come to you first? And how did you start figuring out how to plan those? Yep. Well, again, that's the beauty of not working for commission and working for a fee. I can really look at what, what do my clients want? What do they need right now? And what they need is security they need privacy. And so, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I myself love RV trips. I'm leaving on Friday to go to a, on a huge two week uh, RV trip with my family through Kentucky. So, you know, that is something close to my heart anyway, but with um, the RVs, no, I just knew that was perfect for them. So, you know, I started reaching out to local suppliers, trying to figure out who I wanted to work with. And I found a company that I adore. And then I word got around. I started really researching how to do RV trips a couple of different ways, how to do, you know, the rock star bus with a driver and also how to do, you know, through something like Outdoorsy, which is the Airbnb of RVs. And I just researched and, you know, I worked with a bunch of other experts at my host. And what we actually did back in May is um, 
60 of us, our best travel advisors across the country got together and we divided and I, I divided them up into different groups of different states and spent weeks putting together a document for each state, like Montana, Arizona, California. And in those documents, it has all of their recommended, you know, hotels or campsites, restaurants, activities, tour guides, all of that. So instead of me spending the next three years trying to figure out the United States, in a matter of two weeks, we were able to put it all together, all of that information from 60 people and literally hundreds and hundreds of hours. So now when a client says, I want to go to South Carolina, I pull up my, my uh, South Carolina document. I've got at least 10 people, 10 South Carolina experts have written this document. So I can look through and get really good advice. And I know what to do for that client, depending on their budget, you know, campgrounds mm -hmm. or are they five-star resorts, are they home rental? And I can uh, find all the information there. So I was able to jumpstart domestic travel and not do it on my own because I had a huge team. It's from Largay, from Largay mm -hmm. Travel. We all work together and we turned, it's the first time this has ever happened where a bunch of travel advisors got together. Instead of every one of us working by ourselves in our home offices, mm -hmm. we all got together, not, you know, in actually, obviously not in person, but we all got together and did a group project and it is awesome. It is awesome and time-saving. That is amazing. And for so many reasons. First, that you were able to instantly sort of become an expert. I, I think it was a and K. I don't know if they still make these, but they used to have these um, like little brochures. They were like eight pages front and back called instant expert. And it was just like Ooh. instant things for whatever country. I think most of the ones I have here are from Africa. So South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, whatever. But it was just like everything you need to know all in one spot. So you were able to do that really quickly. So if somebody asked me to plan a two-week road trip in Kentucky right now, I, I have a few places I could tell them to go, but I certainly couldn't fill two weeks right away. So I love that you were able to get everybody together and put that together super quickly. But because you have so many agents, not just one per state, you're getting things that would appeal to different types of travelers. So one person's favorite restaurant is not going to appeal to every traveler. So um, I love that you have things that appeal to different travel styles and that it's not just one of my, I mean, consortia are great. I love them. I think they're super important and I think it's a good idea to be part of one. But one of my pet peeves with them or one downside is that you're really, if you only pay attention to what your consortia gives you, you're only getting access to the companies that are willing to pay their fee. To exactly. be listed. It's not really the best of everything everywhere. It's the good ones who are willing to pay a fee to join and get access to you. And I love that by doing it this way, you're not limited by just what your consortia, just the companies that are paying your consortia. So exactly, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, one of the downsides, though, of domestic travel, though, is there isn't a lot of commissions. What people, where people are going. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, like a, like a, a, an African safari or, you know, a five-star uh, hotel in Paris. So the, the commissions would be a lot less for the U.S. But again, that doesn't bother me because I yes. still do the same per hour, whether I'm doing a trip to, you know, whatever, Kentucky or 
Africa. I'm mm-hmm. still making the same amount of money. U.S. is a little more complicated. I feel like it has a lot more moving pieces when you're doing a road trip because it's a different place every day. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying it. But I am noticing that the borders are closed closing in on us where in June, May and June, people were willing to fly to California, fly, you know, go wherever domestic. Mm -hmm. But now the world is definitely closing in more and people want driving distance. So then I kind of took it the next step and we created, um, a bunch of us locally, I'm from New Jersey. So right outside of New York city, we created another huge master document of places you can go within driving distance of, you know, New Jersey. And so now I have this huge, huge database of all these properties and a client will call me and they'll describe, Oh, well, I've got young kids or I want to stay on a lake or I want, um, I want to go more the beach or I want adults only. I have high budget, low budget, I want to bring my dog, whatever. So I take all these notes, takes me like, you know, a good 20 minutes. We write all these notes and then I comb through that database and I pull out the properties or the, whatever I think is right for them. And then I put it together in a Google doc and I send it off to him. I said, okay, I have just taken 6,000 choices and narrowed it down to 20. Here you go. And people are like, wow. And I only charge $150 to do that. And you know, the first time I did it, it did take me about 60 hours. I kid you not. (laughs) put together. I was like, this, I'm, this is killing me. But now, you know, I do one or two of them every day and it only takes me a couple of hours, but it gives the client exactly what they were looking for. And again, saves them 25 hours of looking on TripAdvisor. Mm -hmm. And each place has how many hours drive it is from your home. So if my client lives in my hometown of Fairhaven, New Jersey, it'll say, you know, two hours and 15 minutes from Fairhaven, New Jersey. And if they live in another town, you know, I'll just Google map it quick and I'll put how far the driving distance is. So they know uh, where their limits are. If they Mm -hmm. only want to three hours, four hours, five hours. So I have a feeling that document is what is going to keep us traveling for the next probably four or five months because it's going to be super useful in the fall too, because with school turning to mostly virtual for most people, they're going to be having a lot more time on their hands so they can do a four day getaway and they, and you only want to do driving distance. Nobody wants to fly. Nobody wants, and most people actually don't want the big road trip anymore because all the rest stops and a different hotel every night. They really just want to drive someplace, stay three or four days, get their little break and then come home. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen in the fall. That's yeah. my big prediction. And are you providing, are, and for your trip as well, do you have ways for people to stay connected? Like, are you going to have internet access and do your clients have internet access when they're in an RV? Uh, yes. Yeah. So for an RV, you can either use a hotspot, you can use your own, um, well, when you're driving, it, it's mm-hmm. just like driving a car. You ha- you can have your, your hotspot from your cell phone, but when you get to a campground, you'll log on to their Wi-Fi. Oh, just like okay. You're putting them in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. My family does a lot of like here in Arizona dispersed camping. So we don't have, there's no Wi-Fi at the campground. Yeah, I mean, you, can get, you can get a portable hotspot, like a, they're called teppies. You can get yeah. like a portable one if you want, but, um, uh, for my clients that need to work, if they're doing something called the Rockstar Bus, those are the class mm-hmm. A RVs where you can sometimes have a driver. Those will have a built-in Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So that's different. But the regular yeah. RV, nope, you're going to be relying on your hotspot. Yeah. I was just thinking about kids like doing school on the road if they could oh, do perfect. like a two-week. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you download that stuff before yeah. while you're on Wi-Fi. Yeah. In the morning or in the evening, or I mean, I doubt if most people want to drive, you know, ten hours a day. So you're only driving a few hours a day, and you're hanging yeah. out at the campsite. 
you're, you know, doing activities. So yeah, it's actually going to be perfect for people who want to remain, you know, quarantined mm-hmm. in an RV, but on a beautiful lot of land or, or whatever, while their kids are doing their virtual yeah. class. Um, so when you coordinated all these other agents at, at Largate, did they all start charging fees similar to yours for these domestic trips? Like, They're did you notice that it was changing? They're all different. Some, some charge fees, some, I, I would say most people do charge some sort of fees, but I've been, you know, the, the management at Largay, um, Amanda and Paul, the owners and, and president have been really, really supportive and saying, you guys need to charge fees. Mm-hmm. After, and just like you, they're not saying it's not really an option anymore. You guys yeah. you need to charge fees. So yeah, for this domestic stuff I've explained, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to charge a thousand dollars, just mm-hmm. you can charge a lower fee if you want to, just to get your feet wet. But yeah, I would say most people are charging fees now that they're doing the more domestic. Yeah. And are you charging your same fees uh, for domestic as you did yep. for your international? Yep. It's the yeah. same amount of work. It's the same. And, and what happens though, when I meet a client or no longer in person, but on Zoom, I take all of my notes, I get, and then I estimate how many hours it's going to take me. And so, you know, a domestic trip can take twice as long as an Italy trip. So I will price it like a tier one and a tier two. I'll price it based on how long I think it's going to take me to do, not on the fact that it's domestic versus Mm -hmm. international. Yeah. I think that's good. That is one thing I wanted to mention when you were talking about your packages is that it's just four options. And I think one mistake a lot of agents make when they do start to charge fees is they'll like, there's like 10 or 20 different scenarios and like I charge this much for this little thing and this much for air and this much for train tickets. And I think that makes people feel nickel and dimes too. Um, so I like that you just have four packages and. Um, and the four packages are kind of divided into two. I have the, uh, the two hour consult and then the kickstart and a mm-hmm. kickstart is really five hours. I, I dedicate a half of a day and I literally block out the day and that's your, and it's done. I hand it to you and we are done. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. You know, see you later. I mean, they can come back to me obviously if they have questions, but it's kind of done where a tier one and a tier two, the price of that is a flat fee as well, but it's, it, the fee is determined based on where they're going, how many people are going, the duration. I mean, are they going to four different countries? Is it for three weeks? Is it a weekend? How many people, you know, all of that, the complexity of the trip. So that'll be a flat, you know, fee. So let's mm-hmm. say it's $500. And, um, but there's no nickel and diming. If, you know, if it ends up taking me 20 hours to do it and I thought it would only take me 10, that's fine. If I thought it would take me 25 hours and it ends up being easier and only takes me 15, that's fine. Yeah. But there's definitely no nickel and diming. It is a flat fee. And if it ends up being more complicated than I thought, that's shame on me because mm-hmm. I should have been able, you know, when you speak to a client for an hour, I should know what they need well enough to go back and sit down. And I, that's what I do. I sit down and I estimate how many hours I think it's going to take to do that problem or that, uh, sorry, not that problem, that, um, that trip. And so because I've been doing this for so long, I really know how long it's going to take me to do each trip once I have all the factors in. So there's very rarely any surprises where it took me twice as long. That only happened during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. Everything's out the window with COVID, you know? I yeah. Like, but otherwise I, I really know how long it'll take me to plan a trip because I've been doing this for so long. I know, I know my, the, you know, the complexity. Mm-hmm. And so there's never really any surprises there. And how did people react? Did you have any pushback from clients who had to cancel because of COVID and because you didn't 
refund your fee? Or did they all just understand that that's a fee for the work you've already done, not I had, associated with their trip? Oh, I had about, I'd, I'd say close to 60 trips in the works for um, the spring break and Easter break and summer. Well, summer, so let's say maybe 70 trips altogether. And most people had paid because you pay me half when you hire me and then half 30 days before you travel. Mm-hmm. And as the travel date approached, some of them were already canceled. And I would send them an email and say, well, you know, your trip was canceled and this is the fee. And I would you know, I said, listen, you can either pay me the fee because I've done the work. Or if you've been impacted by COVID, you could pay me half. If you don't want to, I mean, I didn't say if you don't want to pay me because the work is done, yes. but I, I wrote this email that was really clear saying, I want to, you know, I want to come to the, uh, you know, a fair conclusion here. Every single client except one paid me in full. Wow. Every single client and every single client said, you worked double, you canceled, you got all my money back. You're, you've helped me rebook. I actually want to pay you more. Nobody asked for, except there was one client that was like, why do I have to pay you? I didn't go on the trip. I'm like, well, (laughs) okay. And listen, out of, you know, out of like 75 clients, one didn't pay me the other absolutely. And like immediately said, Oh no, no, no. I'm paying you in full. No question. You did an outstanding job. You saved me. And, 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 you know, let's, let's be frank. I saved these people a ton of money, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets canceled and it was non-refundable. I had a relationship. I was able to say, Hey, can we postpone it to next year with, and, you know, waive the, the change fee. So I saved these people thousands yeah. of dollars and hours and hours on the phone. You know, I had like five phones laid up on my desk with, you know, oh. on one night, American on one night, on a, you know, oh. so, and they knew that. And my clients, I worked so closely with my clients they knew what I, what I was doing mm-hmm. for them. So there was never a question. And I made exactly the amount of money that I was going to make, whether they went on their trip or not. Mm-hmm. Which cannot say for clients who only work on commission. They yeah. lost 100%. Yes, I, I know. I lost nothing. I lost nothing yeah. financially, which is amazing. I lost a lot of time, of course, yes. but financially nothing. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I, I feel like it actually really... Um, made my relationship with my clients even stronger because they saw what I could do for them. And they were so generous with me as well. And they saw what I was doing for them. It was, it was a win-win. I'm, yeah. I, I say that, but it was an absolute win-win. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing what you're doing and how it's worked for you with agents who are listening. I'm really hoping that we can kind of turn the tide and, and change things in this industry and change the way agents work and the way they see themselves too. So I appreciate your time. And is there anything else that I didn't ask you that you wanted to mention or let the agents know who are listening? No, I think that's it. But if anybody ever wants to talk to me, please call me or email me. I'd love to talk to you and give you encouragement to uh, charge those fees and show you more about how I do my business and any questions. Honestly, I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. I'll um, post your email address and your website address uh, in the show notes so agents can visit your site, check out your fee structure, all of that. And that's very sweet of you to offer to uh, answer questions and chat with them too. I'm happy Um, to do it. We're all in this together. We are all a big team. So absolutely. I so appreciate Elizabeth taking the time to share not only how she started her agency, but the things she's doing differently and um, how it's worked out for her. I know there's a tendency um, or has been historically in the agency 
or the agent world to kind of hold your secrets close and feel this scarcity mindset and not want to share your good ideas because um, it just doesn't feel sometimes like there are enough clients to go around. And if you share your good ideas with somebody else, that's less for you. But um, I really, really appreciate her sharing all of her secrets and everything she knows and being willing to um, chat with anybody who has additional questions. And I haven't talked to her about this. She's on her road trip right now in Kentucky. But if there's enough interest from you guys, if enough of you have questions for Elizabeth and want to talk to her, I think it would be a good idea to schedule a Q&A call with her on Zoom or something. That way she's not uh, answering a bunch of emails and spending a lot of time on the phone with agents. We can all get answers at once and just, you know, take maybe an hour of her time and kind of all get our questions answered at the same time versus her having to answer those over and over again. So if that's something you'd be interested in, I don't want to waste her time if only you know, a couple of people want to do this. But if that's something you're interested in, shoot me an email at christy at travelgeniuses.com. And I will get with Elizabeth and we'll schedule a time. And I'm sure um, that would be a much better way as far as respecting her time to get that done. But again, I want to make sure there's enough interest. So if you're interested at all, shoot me an email christy at travelgeniuses.com and let me know. Um, I do have a couple of things I wanted to add to this or just kind of reinforce. This is like already getting a little long, but I want to make it really clear that I'm not saying that this is the way you have to run your business or even that you should. I just wanted to have Elizabeth on to share that it things can be different just because it's always been done a certain way. We've always relied on commissions. We've typically sold international travel. We've typically sold or tried to sell the expensive vacation options versus Airbnb or hostels and things like that. It doesn't mean it has to be that way. So I just really want you to see and believe that things can be different. I've talked to agents, maybe some of you listening right now, who have said that you wanted to serve people who weren't super wealthy, that you think uh, average Americans or even below average income Americans deserve a great vacation too. And I believe that, but I have not been encouraging of that as a niche or an audience you should serve because I was under the impression that it wasn't profitable and would lead to you just working ungodly amount of hours and not making any money and just being miserable in your job. But here's Elizabeth talking about how she books hostels for college kids, which is the last niche I would ever tell you to take on, but she found a way to do it. So that's really the whole purpose of this is just to tell you that uh, it is possible. You just maybe have to be creative and spend some time thinking about how you can make it work, but there are no rules. This is your business and you can make it anything you want. Now, before I let you go, I do want to just point out a few things about Elizabeth's story and what she shared with us. First, that she asked a lot of questions when she started her agency. And even if you're not a brand new agent, and even if you've been around a while, it's always, always, always a good idea to talk to people, ask them what they want, ask them if they use a travel agent, if so, why? And if not, why not? And like she said, she talked to everybody, her doctor, her lawn guy, everybody, don't be shy. I I am not sure why we get so hung up on this. I think maybe we worry that 
people think we're going to try and sell them something. I'm not sure, but it really is just asking questions and nobody's offended um, when you ask them a question. I was listening to another podcast recently and somebody was talking about the exact same thing and why we feel this hesitation doing that. But we, you know, we feel like we're bothering people, but how many times has somebody asked you questions about yourself and what you like and don't like, and you've been offended by that? It, never. We all like talking about ourselves. So um, the people we know and interact with on a daily basis are no different. So please be um, unafraid and be brave and be willing to ask questions and learn more about the people in your audience or the people you want to serve. I also love the fact, and I mentioned this too, that she didn't hear all the things that were negatives, like people don't use a travel agent because XYZ and travel agents don't like these aspects of their job and just accept that as is. She spent time to think about it and figure out a way to design her business that eliminates those objections from travelers, but also makes the job something that she enjoys. And I'm a huge proponent of that. Um, Making this job something that you enjoy, something that you look forward to all the time. So if there are aspects of your job that you don't like, you're not going to maybe come up with the answer overnight, but do spend some time thinking about that and how you can eliminate that part of the job or make it easier. Think out of the box. That's the third thing I want to bring up. Just because it's always been done this way doesn't mean it always has to be done that way. And that's part of the reason that I started Travel Geniuses in the first place, because there were so many ideas that were just being circulated within the travel industry. And there were so many other great ideas out there among marketers and online business and all of that stuff. But we just weren't getting access to that. And we weren't taking that in and using it. We were just recirculating the same tired old ways of doing things. And I think we really need to uh, be willing to do things differently, especially now. I don't think it's not I don't just not think it I am positive that things will never be the same. And I think um, even going back to the commission cuts with the airlines and 9-11, I think COVID is going to be the biggest change, or it's going to make the biggest impact in our industry than anything has before. Um, even, well, maybe equal to the internet. We have to completely reinvent what we do and how we run our business. And I'm not kidding you guys. You're going to hear this a lot from me. I'm very passionate about you taking your business seriously, running it as a business, charging fees, making sure your business is profitable, all of that. It's not optional anymore, and I'm not going to pretend it is. So if you don't want to hear it, maybe I'm not the person you should be listening to anymore because I'm making it my mission in life to help you run this business like a business and like a profitable business. I still want you to have a life you love. I'm not talking about you working 24-7 or spending all your time doing things you hate. I just want you to start treating this like a real business and seeing yourself as a business person and not just somebody who sells travel on the side. And then one last point I want to make, and I did kind of touch on this a little bit earlier, but it's so important to start working together in this industry. 
Think about what Elizabeth did, getting the agents together to put together the tips and information for each state in the U.S. so that the agents in her group and her host agency could start selling U.S. and being profitable. If she hadn't been willing to do that, and if those other agents hadn't been willing to share their knowledge with each other, then they would all be sitting there not selling travel probably or being very limited in the travel that they were able to sell. It's very hard to become an expert on something you don't know overnight, but they were able to work together and come up with something that benefited all of them. And we really need to make sure that we are working together, we're stronger together, and the better one of us is, the better we all are. So um, that's another takeaway from this episode is just we really need to start working together and supporting each other and seeing us as partners and not competition. And that's it. That's all I've got for you this episode. Please share this episode with your friends. I think this is such an important thing for agents to hear and to see that you can be successful in this industry doing things completely different than they've ever been done before. So I really want, it has nothing to do with me. I don't care about downloads for this episode. I just really want this message and um, the things that Elizabeth shared with us today to get out to as many agents as possible. So if you could please share this episode, it can be found at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 48. And um, I really appreciate your help getting this message out to more agents. That's it, you guys. I have some really exciting stuff coming up still. So make sure you're subscribed. If you don't know how to do that, shoot me an email at christy at travelgeniuses.com. And I'll see you next time. Have a good week. Bye.